0: Hey friends, welcome to another very special episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am really happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Torn Wells. His new album, Citizen of Heaven, is just incredible. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Today on the show is a legend, and I don't know that I've ever said that before, but an absolute legend who I have loved and honored and respected for decades, honestly, of my life. And I just can't believe I got to have this special conversation with Beth Moore. Her new book, Chasing Vines, releases next week, and I was lucky enough to get to read it ahead of time, and it is really, really good. And so is this conversation. It's just one that I will treasure forever. I'm just so grateful for Beth's strength and her commitment to Jesus that reflects in her commitment to us as people who follow Jesus and to my friends who are deciding how they feel about Jesus, Beth's committed to serving all of us. And, and it is just really, um, I'm a little speechless at how grateful I am for her. So here is my conversation with the legend, the dear, wonderful Beth Moore. Thank you for being on the show today, Beth.
1: I'm so grateful. Oh, I am so Happy! I have looked so forward to it.
0: Oh, you're so kind. I mean, you're doing so many podcasts right now. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? It's like the new thing for when 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 a project comes out. It's the new thing we all get to do.
1: Well, well, it is. Uh, it, it is, and I'm going to tell you something. I am old enough, Annie, to have. Seen this change take place in the publishing world because in the old days it's just that we've switched where we're doing it Mm. and and what we're doing, but it's essentially the same kind of thing. So back in the day, of course, and until just here recently, the thing was going from bookstore to bookstore. This would be brick and mortar. This mortar, this real life thing that you. Let me explain this because this will be very, very unfamiliar to our listeners, where you pull up in an actual parking lot in your car (laughs) that you had to gas up because you had to go somewhere. Uh And then you got out of your car and you actually walked Uh through a door and went in it. And you held things in your hands. And I don't think any of us could have seen this world coming. But in those days, that's what we would have done. We would have gone from place to place to place to place. And we would have done signings. And so let me tell you why I'll still do a few of those, but why I do prefer this, what I don't like is it taking over my social media yeah. that i'm I'm uh, reluctant about and squirm about. But this part, in, in all of this experience and, and kind of going with the ebb and flow of the publishing world over the last 30 years, still, I would tell you, I would rather chat any day than sign books. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I, I I mean, I'm I'm honored that someone would want me to sign a book, but I think conversations really are helpful and sometimes interesting. And I I just, I I like that element of it. So um, I don't, I don't mind so much. It's a lot of, of work, but I do love tossing around a concept with a couple of people. Yeah. So that, that works for me. Yeah. And
0: it just feels really sacred to me. And it's never lost on me that the, the friends who are listening on the other side are, we are in their head. We are not just in front of their eyes. They are doing something with their life and letting our words be their full soundtrack right now. Uh,
1: You know, I am a podcast listener. I've always been guided somewhat by what is it I like? What's my taste? Mm What, what, what is the kind of thing that that's, you know, what you have to go on when you're trying to figure out what do people like? What do they really resonate with? And I, I listen to tons of them Mm -hmm. and of all sorts of kinds. You know, I I love teachings. I love uh, sermons. I love to hear something of the nature of a TED Talk, that kind of thing. But I uh, love conversations Mm -hmm. between, particularly between servant leaders, because I'm trying to navigate this culture right alongside all of you. Mm -hmm. And man, every day is a new day. Does it feel significantly different than when you started? when I first started in my publishing life. Yes, ma'am. Oh my word, yes. Really? Oh my word. It just feels yes. like
0: the access oh. is so different
1: to yeah. the people
0: we're listening to.
1: You know Annie, um I think that what the what wheels were to Our foremothers, and I'm talking about my grandmother. I want you to try to get this straight. I'd love to see a few listeners' eyes just to say something like this that might Mm -hmm. be significantly uh, younger. My grandparents walked a cow, walked a cow from their rural uh, home in Arkansas into the small city my family would then be raised in, they had to walk the cow. So I want you to just picture (laughs) what a different day. And so that was my grandmother that, that that was just you know, that was early nineteen hundreds at that point. She was born in the late eighteen hundreds. So wow. get that in your mind. So w- what wheels did for them, what just put them on the map where they're in a car now, they're they're able to access places and go places. I don't think there has been another change like that on the map in mm-hmm. the last couple of centuries. That would compare more than suddenly there was the internet. Right. And yes, I think it has changed everything. I think it has changed us. Mm -hmm. And I think the question is for the bad or for the good. And of course, it's both those things. And that's another, I I won't uh, hijack the conversation with that. But oh my goodness, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes uh, we are marked by it.
0: When we started, before we started, you were mentioning, I was reading this book. Can you tell me what's your balance between, cause I know you're real intentional about when you're on the internet and when you're not like when you're on Twitter and when you're not. And yes, how do you balance? This is what I'm trying to work on in 2020 is making sure I read more books because my brain has stopped taking in long form. And so how do you balance that? What's your schedule like where you get to actual read well, books?
1: Annie, you have me in the palm of your hand right now. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about something that is my total love language right mm-hmm. now and and one of my biggest concerns. Boy, if you want to know, now you've got me leaned totally in because I'm, you are bringing up a conversation that I uh, am dying to have with yeah. anybody willing to have it. And that is how do we not let this instant dialogue instant communication world where I mean just I, I hate to even use the words instant gratification because they're mm-hmm. old, they're old and cliche so they don't hit us anymore but this ability to uh to scan things uh, very quickly with our eyes I have i'll notice that someone i will have given information about an event in that particular square, whether it is in on Twitter or whether it's an Instagram and people will still ask, but what, okay. And what, what time is it? It was right. It was right on it. (gasps) Uh, What is their childcare? It just said no childcare. And Uh I'm not, I'm not meaning to be easily annoyed. I'm making the point. We are not taking in the information all we're doing is, I mean, it's this surface thing. We're scanning it with our eyes. It hits the top, um, the, um, our skull never even sinks into our brain. And we are forgetting how to really read on a comprehension level. And so it's critical and it. Is they say that it is changing our brain. Yes. And uh that literally the way it fires is different. And so we have to fight for that. We absolutely have to fight for it. And what I do, I, I just have to force myself because I am a very, very um social person. Mm-hmm. I and I uh, let me say what I love most about Twitter actually isn't monologue. That does not. That doesn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll say something and feel sometimes even called by God to to say something, yeah. convicted by the Holy Spirit, or maybe I'm just being goofy or or whatever. But what I, it's not what I love most. Mm-hmm. What I love most is getting into a dialogue. Now, not not a hate. Um, uh, dialogue, but right. just a, a discussion. I don't even mind disagreeing as long as there's mutual respect. But uh, I, I love that. But what I'm having to do, I have to put that in certain times of the day and around around my work. Mm-hmm. And then I have to, where that thing gets maybe X amount. I track my, my number of hours on it every week. Do you? So that I can see. Oh, yeah. And I say <gasps> yes, to myself out loud, I say to myself, you proud of yourself. <laughs> you know, I say these kinds of things to myself. You're proud of does yourself. You, does this make you proud? Does this make you proud? Because this this was you. This That's was you. So, funny. <laughs> so I have to make myself. But I what all what helps me a lot, Annie, is that I really do love to read. I mean, I have to, I make a choice. Do you want to be smarter or dumber? Mm. As this is this is it. This is it in a nutshell. Yep. Because if you will be dumber, the longer you hang out on the socials. Yeah. And I'm listen. I love it. I've learned so much from people. I'm saying when we binge on it, mm-hmm. when we binge on it, we are getting dumber. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I believe it to my bones. I'm with you. And and uh, but when I'm absorbing uh, a whole. A work a whole work whether it is a, a really great article something that makes you think and actually process thoughts that I could regurgitate to someone mm-hmm. uh the next day any we have to make ourselves and let me say this to you and please keep saying it to me especially as a writer mm-hmm. yes
0: because how, how can we turn out long form if we can't oh, intake long form
1: if we can well, now that right there will preach all day <laughs> long because right. that is precisely mm-hmm. the question. And when I did a little a little opening for the latest book here recently, the first thing I said, and I meant it, it was not me trying to be a, a quippy or uh, or um just throw them something that sounded a little bit clever. I meant it when I said, Man, I am I am proud. And happy, and so blessed to serve anybody that would choose to read a book in a world of sound bites. Yes, yes. I mean, this so, is like, oh,
0: that was going to be this, my question, Beth. Is what made you decide? How, how did because your ministry reaches in uh, so many different wings, right? You have the TV show, you have Twitter, you have live events, and and then you have your studies. When you wrote Chasing Vines, what made you decide to write? a nonfiction, long-form book, why was oh, that the right way to get the content out?
1: I just, I absolutely love these kinds of questions, Annie. Um, I will give you an illustration that is the best way I know. It is what I used with a group of young communicators a couple of years ago because I thought and thought, how is it I try to explain what goes on social media for me and what then goes into a larger article and what then goes into a conference and what then goes into a book. Mm -hmm. Right. So the best way I know to tell it, and I used a, a, a little train, my grandson's train, when he was a little, a little bitty guy, because it's it's a it's it's a good size train with a good size track that I mm-hmm. knew they'd be able to see. So picture it with me, and picture, picture uh, the the track going for about maybe maybe about four feet, okay. and that engine starting off at the very beginning of it, so to the right extreme. And what what when I that first flicker of passion that I have about something, and I don't always um, post out of passion. Sure. A lot of times it's just thoughts, whatever, but I'm saying we're, when it comes to something that really is stirring inside of me, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to th- do the most immediate thing, which is I'm going to throw that out there um, on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it satiates, I'm good to go. It doesn't mean I never think about it ag- again, but I mean, if it's like, that's all there was to yeah, it. that's all. It was. A it Right, then that train never moves any further than that track. Right. If I can't leave it alone a couple of days later, I'm gonna start thinking, well, man, there's more I'd wanna say about that. Mm-hmm. Well then at that point that might turn into an article or it might it might not, it might turn into something I speak on. If I really then I still am not satiated. I still can't get over it. I, uh-huh. I'm driven by a passion. I'm I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is working in me to stir up what He wants for me because I'm asking Him that constantly. Manipulate my desires. That what, right. m- make what you want for me what I want, and you stir it up in me. Okay, so this is when it really starts happening. This is the difference. This is when something is probably going straight toward a book. Uh-huh. I will then uh, speak on it. If I speak on it, give myself fully by this time. I have studied my head off. And if right. it's at a Living Proof Live conference, I've spoken three, four, I've spoken a, a good a four hours, three different sessions on it, giving it everything I've got. If I can't get over it, then any and this has gone, this has been true for years. Uh-huh. That baby is about to be a book. And <laughs> hey. uh, yes, because it's just, I, I still can't satiate it. Yes. And uh, so that is what. That's what drives me. I don't know if that that engine, that train keeps it, it stops at whatever point. It is, it's lost its fuel, it's yes. lost its steam, it's yes. lost its, um, for a car, it's lost its gas, mm-hmm. um, because it's just like done, I'm done, I'm done with that. I mean, it's, I still feel strongly about it, but I'm not just ablaze a in it. But when it stays ablaze, the only way it is, you know, it, you know, it, Annie, because you have experienced it. It mm-hmm. is like, it is like res- scratching an itch. It's yes. like, if it won't quit itching, it's. It's not done. Yeah, you're it's not, done. not done. And so with
0: Chasing, which it is an incredible book, by the way. Thank you for sending me one. Um, in Chasing Vines, there were a couple of places where I also thought there's no way Beth could have told this any sooner. It's almost like you needed the distance between when you wrote it and when it came out. Is that true for some really? of your pieces too?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. There, There is a, a place, a season... For any writer or communicator, when it is prime for telling, mm-hmm. and I won't, I won't take too much time with this because I know we have other questions. But no, this I, I matters. Think though it's kind of, it, it, it is. It so does the wisdom of when you does. say something matters so when much. When you say, mm-hmm. when you say, because for me, at the point. At the most excruciating point of pain or upset is not the time. Yes. It's the time when we are most likely to speak. Maybe we're still speaking what is accurate, but with such emotion. That it is, uh, that it's going to lack wisdom, Mm -hmm. our emotion is going to exceed our wisdom, and you know, with a a book, uh, I mean, that thing is out there forever.
0: That's forever, that's exactly right. That is not going to become the bottom of a birdcage, that is forever.
1: So there's even something I'm dealing with right now that I felt like the Lord has been saying to me in my spirit, not out loud. I I have to do all these disclaimers since I I get um, charged with all of these things. (laughs) But
0: um, Another difference from 20 years ago to to now.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. That He's waiting for you. He needs me to come to a place Mm. of peace over it where I'm not writing out of any kind of anger Mm -hmm. over it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've got got to completely lose that. And it's almost all gone, but I have to get where I can do that. Well, that's that's the same, same principle I'm talking about here. But if you wait too late, this is one reason I really believe in journaling. I believe in journaling is the perfect time that that peak of pain is the perfect yeah. time to journal yes because you're getting down how it feels right then yeah. how you're processing it you're you're uh, writing out your prayers what you're saying to god your frustrations so i love it to me that is a resource for going back to when i go to write mm-hmm. but the writing time if you wait too long then you have forgotten yes and then it you lose the uh, you also lose an edge, yes, because there. So it has to be in the wake of it enough where you well remember it and why it's valid and why it matters, but not uh, in the peak of the pain. So there's that that in between. So you are exactly right. For me, very often it's going to be a couple of years after a major event.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, is going to be about the time I am ready to share it. That's right. I got to get where I'm. I am having victory over That's it. That's right. To some decent That's degree. Right. That's <laughs> I right. I I don't, I'm not superwoman, but I've got to be where I at least am walking as well as I know how yeah. uh, between the ditches over it.
0: Yeah. I like to think, I can write when it's a scab. I need it to, I need them to read it when it's a scar.
1: Oh, Exactly, like, not when the thing is
0: hemorrhaging That's right, that's right I can write yeah. then because that's when I cry writing Is when the reader cries reading That's I feel like there's mm. so much power when the Holy Spirit Is with me in the writing of something right in the middle of it But that, I, nine out of ten times I'm not ready for people to read that <laughs> for another year It's the beauty of the publishing process This is why people <laughs> yes. should still buy our books Is because you're actually getting the deepest things in our books We just can't tell you today But I can tell you in a year
1: Oh, it is the absolute truth, Annie. Mm-hmm. It is it is so true that you're honestly you're getting the edited version of the train wreck that was <laughs> originally in that right. story. Right. We've cleaned up. We haven't taken away uh the uh the Uh, dented terrain, but we have cleaned up the mess around it. That's right. That's right. Yes.
0: And I'm sure you've answered this a hundred times, and I hate asking questions that you've already had to answer, but I just want to know what made Chasing Vines the right book? What made going after this vineyard, the vine dresser, the the soil, oh my gosh, the soil section. Beth Moore, you should not be allowed to do that to me, what you did in that soil section.
1: (laughs) I'm going to tell you something without telling them anything, without giving it away. When I did the audio version of it, Mm -hmm. I cried so hard that we had to stop recording. And I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the kind of crying, Annie, that you do loud. You don't want to because someone's sitting there with you. Right. But my wonderful assistant, I'm saying, I sat and audibly sobbed and she had to bring, when she brought me, I'll never forget it. I I told the rest of my staff this. I said, I want to tell you how wonderful Kimberly McMahon is. Mm -hmm. I said, because when, and I I know it for a thousand reasons, but this picture right here of her coming, grabbing Kleenex and bring it to me. And when she did that, the tears were streaming down her face. Mm. And she said, it, I mean, cry, I'm broken, broken voice yeah. going like, here, here, Beth, here. Yeah. And then we just what, tried to wait it out. But you can, I never got over it. So it had to be my voice breaks all the way through it. Yeah. And, um, but I want to answer the question before I answer the question about how it became time. Like that was because I was in a vineyard and I was mm. watching John 15 with my very eyes. And it, it blew my, it blew me up i mean it blew me up but i want to talk about it from a woman's standpoint who has been in ministry for 35 years let yeah. me say that first what i am driven by most i don't know exactly how to explain it. it's the way that the lord wired me and i think it i think it probably is part and parcel with the gift of teaching um i think it may be one way you know mm-hmm. If you've got the gift of teaching, there is something in me, and I believe it is because I'm a teacher that cannot learn something significant or discover something that that really that seems to work without telling it. Mm-hmm. I, I I just I, I I don't know like I can't just appreciate it for myself. Right. I want I I drive down a street and see a woman on the sidewalk and I wonder does she know how to live in um in some semblance of victory mm. over the things that want to destroy her life. Yeah. It is my passion. I want this is going to sound like the Cheesiest thing on earth, but I am as serious as I know how to be. I want people to make it so bad, and I guess it's I know you do. We all feel that. Oh, Annie, I, 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 when I was a child, I, I don't know, everything does not go back to our childhoods, but I think maybe this is driven in some of that. In that, I was a very, very, um. Fearful child, I was raised in a, an extremely unstable home. I mean, church going, thank God, mm-hmm. thank God, but unstable. And then I myself was just like, shh, just scared of everything. When I tell you that I had butt teeth, I don't know, I have, I just don't, I don't know. I, I had a, an accident when I was a little girl when I was five, and oh, wow. my baby teeth were right up against my permanent teeth, and I fell right right into a coffee table and it, it, uh, it pushed my baby teeth up in the roof of my mouth and it pushed up my permanent teeth. So when, so finally, I mean, my, so my little baby teeth were all brown because mm. the roots were dead. So they, they pulled them and it was such a relief and I couldn't wait for my teeth to come in and, and not be brown. Well, they did come in and they were not brown, but they grew straight out. Oh no, in other words, I had a serious, the most serious case of buck teeth you can imagine. Well, um, my parents were merciful and as soon as they could got wires on them, but yeah. There, They have to come in. And all to say, I was a kid because of the instability in my home and because I I had things I felt ashamed of uh, because I had been early on uh, subject to uh, some um, sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and all of these things coming into the same person that's sort of one that people could make fun of. And I certainly wasn't later um, I was very successful in school, but I I constantly think about people who feel like they are the underdog and they're not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, constantly, I'm, I'm driven by it. Yeah. And the thing about the vine and the branches that I find so exhilarating, so uh, all my whole adult teaching life, I've always been captivated by it because mm. of the hope that it brings, that it, it's it doesn't have any. Notice that in it, there's nothing about a particular gifting. Right. There's nothing said right. there about the spiritual gifts of of helps of um, service of uh, evangelism of teaching of prophesying. None of that. None of that. None of that. It is just like for every Jesus follower, mm-hmm. if we will abide in Christ, we can live lives that bear a ton of fruit Mm -hmm. and that it glorifies our father to do it. So what the promise becomes to anyone who embeds their life in the love uh, and care and truth of Christ, Mm -hmm. that they can get to the end of their lives knowing that he will have produced fruit that will last forever, that it just, it's, it's an, uh, when we can come on Scripture to a promise that applies across the board to say that what we would find most meaningful is that our lives Meant something, yeah, and and because here's what we know none of we, there's no we can't manipulate life where it will always be good or fun. We my can't gracious,
0: we cannot. I've certainly tried, I feel like I spent most of my 20s trying,
1: me too. But what we what we so what we can say, a guy asked me on the internet the other day and, and asked me in earnest, and I, I felt so sorry. For him when I knew how I was going to have to answer, because he said, do you believe that God wants us to be happy? Mm. And I was just, you know, I just froze. Yeah. And I, so I wrote him back. And I mean, sometimes when you write slowly, when you're tapping your finger on the screen slowly. Yeah. And I said, you know what, brother? I said, I believe The Bible is clear, I mean, from cover to cover, that God wants his people to be fruitful. And I said, but listen to me, never, ever underestimate the power of fruitfulness to come full circle around and bring you some happiness. Oh, wow. And that, Annie, is what drives me here, is that that promise that there could be fruitfulness in a life that we could get to the end of it and it would matter that means something. Mm-hmm. That means something, mm-hmm. and it's something everybody can have, and it means that no matter no matter what, no matter how trashy you live, you know, I had a I've a trashy past, and so even that he has used to produce good fruit. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? I mean, it's just some. I love that it is universal for the believer in Christ.
0: Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Beth to tell you about our friends over at Rothy's. Listen, I wore my Rothy's just last week and I wore them to my friend's house and she grabbed, we were sitting next to each other on the couch. She grabbed my foot and said, are these those shoes you talk about on the podcast? And I said, yes. And she said, I Love them. And I said, girl, I do too. You can order them. And here is how. Because we all need pairs of Rothy's, you guys. Have you heard about this company? I'm sure you have from me. They're making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles. Oh, and they're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable. Rothy's has quickly grown to be a most loved gotta have them brand, as you know from my story. And it's no surprise they have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable, really all in one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for life on the go. Rothy's comes in an ever-changing array of colors and prints and patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. My pink points are my very favorite. I absolutely love them. But they launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out Constantly. Their playful designs add fun pops of color and perk up every outfit while still looking polished and professional. And they're seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles. So they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. There's like no break in period in these shoes. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges, so no risk, no worry, no reason not to try. It's going to blow your mind that they're made from repurposed plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. And the fact that they're machine washable, I love. So when your flats can sometimes get stinky, these you can just wash in the washing machine and they are brand new. It's amazing. You'll discover pretty quickly why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. So go to rothys.com slash sounds fun to get your new favorite flats. Their comfort, style, and sustainability all make them my very favorite shoes and the ones you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And now back to the show. Will you do a favor for us and simplify that word, abide? I feel like Christians use it a lot, but the rest of the world doesn't use it as much. Can can what does it really look like like on a Tuesday to abide in Christ? Okay. I,
1: I I love this question too, man. Annie, you ask good questions. <laughs> You're very kind,
0: and my dad loves Less when people good. say
1: things like that, so he'll be thrilled. <laughs> no, you ask good Thank questions. Well, uh, I just really are, care. I want
0: I want our my friends listening to understand that's not just a Christian-y thing. That's a that's a way to live.
1: One of the th- it is a way to live. It is a way to live, and and one of the things that is really really important in the book is that the whole concept of fruitfulness and the vine in particular as a metaphor for the people of God and their fruitfulness, because it was true. What what I just pound on is that this metaphor was very much alive under the old covenant in the Old Testament with, with Israel. And so he's making a very big point. There's nothing that is accidental. He didn't just like, all of a sudden go on the evening just before, I mean, it would have been a matter of if this, it would have been a matter of a, a couple of hours until yeah. he gets arrested. I mean, he will be dead um, in 24 hours. Yeah. This is what he taught them, um, one of the last things he said to them. And so it has such huge implications. But for, for the people of God at that time, for Israel at that time, um their their abiding place was to have been the holy land and the, mm. and the holy city of jerusalem this was their abiding they were to abide everybody else from that was scattered i mean that was the diaspora that was those were the scattered people but they had to come home to the feast this was this was home this was home this was home so when jesus said i am the vine I am the vine, it was no longer a place on a map that was the promised land mm. to believers oh, right. in Christ. So stay with me here because this is huge. And so he's making a, a revolutionary statement, but we we lose it because we don't, we, we lose the meaning of it because we're, we we don't know. We're mostly gentile um, Christians and we're we're not coming at it from the background, but they were considered Israel was considered the vineyard of God. And I mean the, the, the apex of that vineyard was Jerusalem. So he was saying, No, it is no oh, longer my a place, it is a person. Your vine is a person, and it is me. And now your promised land is by person. Yes. So, I I mean, I've got chill bumps. I literally have chill bumps Uh. in my arms telling you this because I can't get rid of the, um, of the, of being astonished over it. So, he's saying, live in me. That's why he can say to, us to all of us as his followers, as his disciples in the present age. This is why he, the last thing he says to them before he ascends is, Go therefore into all the world. So he's saying, Abide in me and go. So, so stay with me here. He's saying, So stay in me and go with me. That I yes. you you go wherever I am moving because you live in me. And one of the most important elements of it, so I, I, the best way I would know, somebody said, make it simpler than that, Beth. Okay, okay. It, abiding in Christ is living in a present moment awareness of His presence, mm. that I'm in Him, that my constant identity is in Him, that yeah. I've just... That that is my perspective on life. That's the perspective on my day. Remember, we're never going to be in life what we are, aren't in a day. <laughs> a That's lifestyle good. comes from days back one to another. So yep. um, when uh, so that, uh, that conscious uh, awareness that my life is in Christ, my life is in Christ. But here's something I want someone to hear. One of the things he says right there in John 15, because he says, you abide in me and my words abide in you. But then he goes, abide in my love. And it is imperative, absolutely imperative, that in all our coming and going, in all our suffering, in all our turmoil, in all our laughter and our sorrow, that nothing can displace us from mm. the acute awareness that we are immeasurably and perfectly and fearlessly Loved by Christ. Mm. And he says in that same passage, as my Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. And I want you to try to—he's saying, you know how God loves me? That's how I love you. Uh Now live in that. Yeah, move into that city. Just move into that city. Move into it. Move into that Jerusalem. Because your Jerusalem is Jesus. Put (gasps) your feet in it.
0: Yes. Because Beth, I'm not joking. You're blowing my mind because I'm like, okay, if, if abiding means living in that city, that means when you're hungry, that's where you go. And that means when you're looking oh, for
1: work, that's where you go. And that means that's when where you're- That's where you feast. Yes. That's where you Beth feast. Abiding is you,
0: living in the city.
1: It's living in the city, girl. Oh, and he gracious. is it.
0: And he's the city. Jesus is the city. So he's we just it. live in it.
1: Live in it. Well won't back preach So I mean, hard. you talk about, freedom, about that girl. Girl. forever. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I hope so because so I've just been eaten up with it. And so you know, we were uh vacationing um, me and my girls in I didn't even know that we would I, we left our plans Several years ago to a travel agent. Uh-huh. All I cared about, we chose to go to Italy. All in the world I cared about was being with my daughters. Wh- whom I, even... I love, both of them are oh, awesome. Oh, thank you. They do you too, Annie. Oh my They're goodness, so they do you too. You you are you got three fans in the Moore Jones girls. <laughs> so thank you. But um part of the trip was three nights in rural Tuscany. And it so happened that God had us there at the tip end of the harvest. So I got to watch them around, around our inn clip off the last clusters of uh, the grapes. And it was, were you crying in the vineyard? It was just too much. Yeah, It was like, my Lord in heaven. I mean, I don't know how much plainer God could have made it. It was like, I am the vine. You are the branches. So it just was alive for me.
0: I, when I was in Napa a few years ago, we were there in February, so it's off season. But one of the vineyards, one of the vine dressers took us out to the vineyard and was like, oh, look what they're doing. They're finding the ones that are going to bear the most grapes next year and they're cutting them back. And I am just weeping in the
1: vineyard. because you know it's
0: true. Because I'm watching it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not cutting back the ones that are dead. They're cutting back the ones that matter and tying them to the string so that they grow better next year. And I was I was undone. I was absolutely undone.
1: Listen, it is so freeing to know that the scripture is clear that he is only cutting on branches that are fruitful. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I don't know how to help you with this, but if you feel like uh, Lord, are you trying to kill me or prune me? Because yes. very often, they're going to feel like the same thing. Yes. That's what I was going to
0: ask you is how can our, how can I and our oh, friends listening, how do we know the difference? Or do we just survive it and then know at the end?
1: I laugh about that in the book because I say that very thing. I said it may be that it's like a year and you uh, yeah. that you can all at once see a harvest from it. But it may just be that you get down a couple of years and go, well, it didn't kill me because the only reason I know it didn't kill me is I'm still living.
0: That's right. The only way I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly but, right.
1: But I will tell you this. I will tell you, I'm, I as I talk to you today, I am 62. I have known Jesus since I was a little girl. I surrendered to ministry at 18. I have had such a rocky path and done so Many foolish things in my life, and it took me a long time to break out of my cycle of defeat of a victory and defeat, victory and defeat, victory. Yeah. In, I was just like, "Oh my Lord in heaven!" I'd go right back into that pit, and so the Lord has had to be so uh, diligent and um, work in very, in some dramatic and some less dramatic ways in my life to get me out of that those mindsets of of defeat. But I will tell you this. So far, I cannot think of a thing that I have gone through that he did not put to purpose. Mm. Even, and here's what I need somebody to hear because I'm going to tell you you know, I've been very honest about my background of childhood sexual abuse. But if you ask me today what has caused me the most grief in my life and the most pain, it would not be that it would that would be second to it but it mm-hmm. would not be that mm-hmm. without a doubt any it would be the decisions that i made that hurt me terribly just relational um uh, disastrous relational decisions all sorts of things that just just sin mm-hmm. i mean and just serious i don't want anybody thinking i don't mean that i missed um church
0: right right
1: <laughs> and, and in fact i didn't think Uh, very many times. I I say that because uh, no telling what I was doing on Saturday. That's right. I mean, that's it. um, That's the trick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I will tell you that of all the things that he has used, he's used every single way I've ever been victimized or hurt by people, every single one of Mm. them. But he has used my failure in a way the rest of them almost don't compare to. And I I could tell you about 20 ways, but I'm only going to tell you two. And the first one is that it is what rings true when I'm sitting across from someone or speaking to a group where they have already, we get so much teaching on how not to blow it. And I want to scream, it's too late, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe you've got four people in here, but what I'm telling, what about those of us like me? Like I told a good friend of mine and I was so happy to find that his book on the family did handle these kinds of things. Cause I said, he brought, he, he um, published a book on the family. And I said, if I read this and it is completely centered on how to have devotional time at the dinner table. <laughs> Right. I am going to have a fit. And I said, because I want to tell you something. My family was so far from our big big need being for someone to help us with our evening devotionals. We were trying to at, to survive. I mean, to survive the day, not mm-hmm. trying to figure out I believe listen, I'm all about I, by all means family devotion. Don't anybody get me wrong. On right, this. right, right. I'm just saying this wasn't us. I come from a family of of, of severe alcoholism mm-hmm. of uh, all manner of infidelity and um sexual um all manner of sexual dysfunction everything you can imagine of this like please somebody speak my language right. because it's you. so too late too it's too late Tell me what to do with the failure I've already failed. And so right. I, I that, when I sit across from someone, that is what I have to offer them. Yes. And the other thing it offers me is, I, I almost can't say this about crying, so I'm going to kind of have some emotion in my voice and I'm going to get past it. But I've been asked so many times, not, not lately, not oh. the last couple of years. People have not asked me in the last couple of years how I stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> because because I think we've all seen the internet, yeah. <laughs> I think they've all seen it. But years before that, you know, when when arenas would be like at 20,000, sold out at 20,000 and that kind of thing. And I, every step I would take to that platform. So I'd be backstage and, you know, you're walking in to an arena and you can see them. You can see that the arena is packed. Yeah. And you're about to walk onto that stage, and you're going to teach. And every step of the way, every step, my past is playing through my head. Wow. And I know the rock from which I have been honed. Yeah. I am tempted by a lot of things in life. I am never tempted to think I came up with this ministry on my own. mm I am never tempted to give myself credit over the fact that I put a key again this morning in the lock of a door at a building called Living Proof.
0: Right. And so we all, um, gosh, I'm, I'm not crying either. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is that, that is the trick of perseverance, right? Is is that you just stay in it and you just keep going stay. and then you look back. Quitting's just not an option, right? Is that what you wants me to hear
1: <laughs> oh my oh no it's not it's because not. the enemy wins
0: right and that's not okay with my life no it's not okay Yeah,
1: I it's just, not okay
0: I think if I'm hearing you correctly and when you said if you're not if you look back and you're not dead you survived it just <laughs> whatever the thing is you're in the middle of and whatever you've experienced for all of us when you get to the other side you will see the fruit but you cannot know if you give up in the middle
1: Oh heck no! Right. And, okay. Okay, Annie. This is why the pruning is so important, because if we quit or fall back, like okay, so here, here here's what I need somebody here. That chapter on pruning begins with this statement. I think. <laughs> I think if I'm remembering that it's the opening statement of it. It's that sometimes growing looks a lot like shrinking, mm. and um that that somebody needs to hear because. Yes. <laughs> if if in the shrinking or if in the cutting back if in when it looks like cuz you get all this vision of what god's put vision on your heart for what he's called you to do all these things and i mean it shows early promise and then almost every time almost every time all of a sudden it's like what happened hmm. it seems to be going backwards instead of forwards yeah it seems to be losing momentum instead of gaining momentum it seems to be like I'm seem to be floundering. I mean, where did all this go? And um, but if there, if there, we sort of just fizzle out and don't stay with him and see it through, then we can go to our grave going, "Well, I don't know what happened there." Honestly, God did not come through for me. Or we can just think, "I get, I'm an idiot. I just didn't. I guess I I thought something that wasn't true." No. If 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 we would have hung with him, yeah. He would have brought us through mm-hmm. to more fruitfulness, and more fruitfulness does not mean bigger and better.
0: Yes, that
1: is they so are. important. Yep. It it means that it's just quality fruit that we're bringing. One of the most fruitful things we've ever done at Living Proof Ministries is just open the door on Tuesdays for an hour for anybody to come in for prayer. Yes, it's You've the loved smallest it, huh? thing. Oh, it's my it's my favorite thing. Yeah, that we are doing right now, hands down, and it is the smallest thing we do. Mm. So it doesn't, it's not size. It is that it's, it's fruit, it's quality fruit for the kingdom of God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, speaking of opening your doors, you know, who moved here that has become that kind of like, it's this small meeting once a month with Nancy Mattingly, who used to work for you, that is changing my
1: life. Annie. But it is these small, because she's teaching me how to not give up. Annie, let me tell you something I can, I cannot recommend to you. A better mentor on this earth, oh, i I believe it. So far, it's been true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, but that's what she showed me. She showed me what you're saying is that, Annie, we don't need to look
1: at the big things. Look at the little
0: things. what what are the little things you're doing every day because that's what's gonna bear fruit if you don't yes. give up.
1: Oh, yes, because mm-hmm. he didn't say, go out there and be huge and then you're gonna you're gonna right. bear huge fruit. right? He said, no, abide in me. You don't even have to think numbers. You just already know no. about it. Live in me. Live, in, live city. in my city. I, I, exactly. Laura, I'm i never going to say abide ever again. I'm going to say move into the city of Jesus. Exactly. Move exactly. into the city of Jesus. You move into it. Put your feet in that soil. And I'm going to tell you something. I guarantee you, he says, you're going to produce a lot of fruit. Yeah. And we know that we're that it's—one when one of the things I'm not hesitant to say anymore is uh, that we— should have any other idea than that we're supposed to produce more fruit as we go. And this, this, this has nothing to do with the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm you don't very, mean dollars. Uh, necessarily. I don't mean dollars. I don't even mean size, but I mean that he, go, you can see his progression in John chapter 15 when he says fruit, more fruit and mm-hmm. much fruit mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. what we do want to do, what I do ask of the Lord for my later days is that he will make my life more and more fruitful Hmm. and whatever that looks like. And because of this, I do not hesitate to pray that based on the fact that he says to this for this and through this, my father is glorified. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what people are going to get when, when they all get to sit down and read chasing vines. Like I got to, I mean, that is, that is it is what is it going to look like to, to bear fruit for the rest of our days?
1: Yeah, uh, Annie. I have to. This is going to be a, a weird way for us to begin to close, but I would love to know what you. What was your takeaway? What would you? Would you got to the end of it? Yeah. What you know? I'm just now beginning to get to talk to people who've yes. actually read it. Yes. And what? What? What did it? What? What did God say? What one thing stuck with you? Um, about Annie Downs and her fruitfulness.
0: Okay, so because I couldn't quit picturing my time in Napa and seeing them um, prune back those branches, the whole vine section, particularly chapter 10 on pruning, stood out to me. But really, when you get to that next section, the fruit section, and it's the soil and the pest. I mean, just the perseverance. That's the thing that God and I are sitting in is like, Okay, in all these places that it feels like something may be dying, what if something
1: is growing? Oh, it's the truth. It's the tr- that is what I'm—why I asked you is because I, there are things that I most want people to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And of that would be in the top couple, is okay, that just good. somebody knows, listen, he's going to be faithful to you. Yes. And just when you think— It's fallen apart. It may be that that is the eve of when he does the most fruitful thing Mm -hmm. that ever happens in your life. Yes, you can see it in the pattern of Christ. I mean, it was the, I mean, the the killing of the very Son of God on the cross, and the devastation of that. And then here comes this resurrection. Listen, as long as you're drawing breath, there is nothing dead that he cannot raise. Mm. And there is certainly nothing that looks dead. Remember that in a winter season, a vine looks dead. Yes. Every year, every year year it looks dead.
0: (laughs) It doesn't look dead once. Every single year you could think it was dead and it comes back to life. I actually just flipped open the book and landed on one of the pages that I loved. Once people get the book, this is 231, but it says, much of the war against the devil is about whether you'll
1: quit. Oh, 100%. one hundred percent. And I was like, "Yes, that will one hundred percent." Yeah, that's it. He, I, if he told- can just con-
0: convince us to stop, he doesn't have to keep fighting.
1: Oh, I, I told a young woman the other day. I said, "Okay, <laughs> you know, when you're <laughs> when you're my age, you get to say this kind of stuff." I love it because I'd also just hugged her and everything else. But I said, "You know what? Your problem is, you keep deciding and redeciding re-de- and redeciding whether you're in it or not." Right. I said, "So you're, <gasps> right. you're miserable." You're absolutely miserable because you can't make up your mind. Yes, I said. Now you you can decide whether or not you're going to be happy in it today. But I said somewhere along the way you go. I'm in with Jesus. I'm in Mm. with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like you can try a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but whether or not I'll quit is not up to you. Because and I'm talking about the enemy, the people around us, the people that harass us, whatever it may be, the people that discourage us. It's like you know what? I'm in with Jesus. And I said if if you can't settle that then how in the world do we decide am i in or out of faithfulness on faithfulness when i get in that really difficult situation right. so there's some a resolve has to be there that yep. oh no no I, I you know i may he may move me here or there i what i do may look different but i'm in i'm going to serve jesus till i die yeah. that's it yeah, that's, that's it. it somebody just today make a very simple decision quit using your energy to go back and forth on that question, settle it, mm-hmm. settle it, and go on, yeah, that's it. I just have to
0: publicly record how much your ministry is why I do this. I mean, I don't even know if you know this, but, like, my second book is dedicated to you because how I got into writing was doing believing in God. And so mm-hmm. and so you I am fruit. so if you if if you have a question tomorrow about what your fruit looks like, it looks like a thirty some thirty nine year old, podcaster, author, speaker gal in Nashville who's getting to do this. So I just, and I think any, about my uh, mom uh, and how we've studied scripture together because of you, because yeah. of what you taught us. And so I'm very thankful.
1: I got to tell you something. I I could lay my head down on my desk and sob. And I just got to tell you the whole time we've been sitting here, I, what my assistant does for me is that any kind of podcast, she prints me out what the basic schedule of it is and who my host is. And, you know, very, sometimes it gets to be somebody, you know, that I know and that I'm real familiar with, but even, even those, she still prints out the picture. Mm -hmm. So your picture is sitting right in front of me, just right in front of me. And um, I'm going to tell you something, Annie Downs. I'm going to tell you something that I know to be a fact is that somebody is going to say that to you and you're going to know how that feels to me right now, and how it encourages me to hang in there when when it's so cold out there, yeah. <laughs> when it's so mean out there, uh, when it could be so discouraging out there, because I'm going to tell you, Annie, it's the one none of us can get our mind around. A group that uh, we would hope by the power of God to touch, mm-hmm. but one life, to encounter one life that we could invest in, in the name of Jesus, and that person then produces fruit. It's, it's too much. It's <laughs> the grace of that is almost, it almost makes my chest ache. Wow.
0: Thank you for that. Well, you are welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm having more fun in my life than I ever dreamed of. And, yes, me and too. I, I know, and I think me I have I, I you to thank for that in a lot of ways. So, okay, I'll stop crying. The last question we always ask, Beth Moore, that I've been dying to hear your answer for years, is we always say, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun.
1: I will tell you my favorite thing I do. My very favorite thing I do, and I don't it, now it has to be spotty a couple of times a year because one of my daughters lives in uh, Portland, Oregon. so but I as as we're taping right now, she is home. I just picked her up at the airport last night. Uh-huh. but my my favorite thing for fun, my daily thing is that my husband, and I love to walk dogs and romp them all over the country and all of those kinds of things. But if we're talking, what sounds like the most fun to me it is that little original group of people my my man and my two girls, or just being soaked in those two girls, out on my back porch, yeah. laughing so hard we cannot sit up. Yeah, I sat by on the airplane going on this trip that we've talked about. I sat right behind them. We had three seats, and they couldn't be together, so they sat right in front of me, and uh-huh. and I sat right behind them. And I, you know, I just threw spitballs at them <laughs> and stuff like that because that's just us. And the harder life gets, the more, the more absurd we see everything and the more we're as Amanda very often says the, the worst uh, things get for us, the funnier we get to one another and um, that they are, they are so witty and so funny. And my husband, Is so, he could be his own cartoon strip. (laughs) I am telling you, I have thought over and over again we are a reality show. Uh We could, somebody could have a camera in this house and go, What on earth? We are a living sitcom. (laughs) It is just like, because we're absurd people, absolutely absurd. But it is, it's my people. Yeah. It's my people. Yeah. And it's, it's my, my grandkids. But I'm just going to tell you, my idea of the most hilarious time is being in the company of my two daughters and laughing till we can't sit up. Yeah. Good
0: answer. That's a really good answer. Thank you for doing this. I'm so so grateful to you, Beth. I can't I wait for people to get chasing.
1: Loved by. it, Annie Downs. You. I loved it. You are a fabulous interviewer. Oh, you're
0: kind. Thank you. Oh, you guys, Beth Moore. Can you believe it? Beth Moore. What an amazing conversation. What an amazing woman. I'm just so grateful to her and her wisdom and her candor and yeah. So make sure you grab a copy of Chasing Vines. It comes out next week, but it's for pre-order right now and you can get you a copy and then make sure you follow her particularly on Twitter and on Instagram. Tell her thanks for being on the show. This is our opportunity um, to balance out, as you know, some of the negative conversations that are pointed in her direction. We get to today be really intentional about thanking her for her decades of commitment to us and to Jesus and, into to her work. And so I would love to see us do that today. So make sure you follow her, tell her thanks, and encourage her with how much she has meant to you. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know it. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we will see you back here on Monday, February, you guys. It's Couples Month. Every show on a Monday and a Thursday in the month of February is going to be a pair of people in here with me. And we are kicking it off with a couple that you are going to love, Emily and Chris Norton. We'll see you guys on Monday.